Hello everyone, you're listening to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Kyanite fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. It's tight as the top as Unite beat the Exiles to keep in touching distance with third place Northampton and an automatic promotion place. We look back on the 2-0 win over Newport while previewing the upcoming games against Bradford City and Hartlepool United. Well, we've got to start somewhere, haven't we? Yeah, let's start today's episode down with a big thank you to Andy and Amy and the media team for announcing the sign of Joe Garner before we recorded <laughs> today's episode. It's a first, isn't it? We, it's, we, we were literally, we thought, oh, there's some murmurs this morning that he's here to sign. Oh, do, do we wait? Do we, do we put it off? And as luck would have it, we were literally getting ready to record, weren't we, Dan? And then suddenly yeah, yeah. the news started to break. Oh, there might be something happening. And there you go. Joe Garner back in the building on an 18 month deal. Months. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. We'll come on to that in a minute. We'll, we'll cover that in the news section. The news section was going to be quite quiet this week, but obviously now we've got something to drop in there. But um, yeah, how how you doing, mate? You, you all good? I am now. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty good anyway. We've well, I'm, I'm anyway, but, uh, you know. Like, nice little Brucey bonus head of these weekend's games, isn't it, really? It's uh, lovely stuff. Um, yeah, so back to the sort of usual grind this week. Um, we've got a game to review. We've got a couple of games to preview. We're going to put the Bradford and Hartbill games together. We just haven't got time to fit in another one of the weekend before the uh, the midweek game against Hartlepool. So we'll do both at once. Uh, but let's just start off first with doing the, the usual roundup in terms of um, sponsors and where you can find us on social media and subscribe to the podcast. We're very proud to say that once again this season, the podcast has been sponsored by the Cal United Sports Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Cal United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events, sports games and fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about the London Branch at their website, carlislelondonbranch.org. Just a reminder also, if you don't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on any good podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Pocket Casts, any good podcast app. If you just search the Brunton Bugle, um, click subscribe, and then every time a new episode comes out, you will get straight into your inbox. And if you don't already, please do uh, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, at Brunton Bugle. Uh, same address on Instagram, at Brunton Bugle. Um, if you search for the Brunton Bugle on uh, Facebook and click like, you can follow us there. And uh, yeah, we're also on the Be Just On Fear Not Facebook group, um, which is a fantastic community. Over 3,000 people in there would recommend joining it, definitely. Uh, we're on the Cumberland's.net message board. And you can find us on email, bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Okay, Dan, let's get into the news then. Uh, we'll cover off a few of the bits, uh, the smaller bits of the story before we talk, talk about uh, the return of Mr. Garner uh, shortly. Um, first up, uh, United's game against Reds in the Cumberland Cup quarterfinal was called off in midweek, wasn't it? Was it was it wall-up pitch or a frozen pitch? I can't remember. To, I didn't, didn't really check up. I think it was a bit of both. You know, yeah. With uh, the weather this last few days. Yeah, I, susp- these parts. I suspect if we'd been at home this weekend, the game would have been touch and go. 
possibly based on some of the weather. I don't know what it's like up there, but I've still got a bit, bit of snow on my garden looking out the window here. So, um, so yeah, that, that might have been a bit of a dodgy one. I'm not sure Bradford this weekend seems to be okay. There's no talk, I think, from Bradford that it's under threat. Touch no, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they've got under soil for when they were in the Premier League. Possibly, possibly, although they, when, when and, they can afford to run all, it these days. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, given the crowds they get, you know, they mm. probably can afford decent covers, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, yeah, so no new day being confirmed for the rearranged victim, but once we've got that, we'll let you know. Um, a bit that broke last week after we uh, after we recorded, wasn't it, Dan? Um, it's um, a much-trailed loan signing, I think it's fair to say, John Kamani Gordon. He signed on loan from Crystal Palace until the end of the season. Um, we won't talk about that now because we'll talk about that in the match review section because he had a pretty instant impact, didn't he? I think it's fair yeah. to say. Um, so we'll talk about that then. Uh, only for a bit before we talk about Garner is uh, Owen Moxon. He's won the PFA Player of the Month Award for December. Uh, that was just announced earlier today. He beat, in a fan vote, he beat off competition from Kyle Wotton and uh, Will Collar at Stockport, uh, Carl Pierre Gianni at Stevenage, Sam Hoskins at Northampton Town, and Matt Smith at Salford City. Some decent players in that list, isn't Some there? Some decent players. I think we might be helped in the fa- fan vote by the fact that the Stockport vote will have been split <laughs> amongst two yeah, players. That might have been a little bit of an advantage to us. But uh, hey, uh, one, one other piece that has just come in, uh, just probably recorded, the Sutton game will now be on the Bank yes. Holiday Monday, Monday yes. the 8th of uh, May, which obviously many people call Jimmy Glass Day. Yeah. If uh, if that's a sign, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's due to King Charles's coronation on Saturday the 6th, and obviously the Met Police can't really uh, look after the travelling hordes of the Blue Army on that day. Yeah, so the tradition these days has been anyway that basically... Um... The way it works is that the games on the final day of the season, each division plays them at a different time or a different day, don't they? I think that's been for about yeah. four or five seasons how they've been doing that. So I think, is it champ- is it League One games happening on the Sunday, I think? Our game yeah. is at half 12 on the, the Monday and the championship games are at three o'clock on the Monday as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, as someone who works in the railways, you know, Dan, that bank holidays are often the time that they choose to do railway engineering works. But you think there's a chance they might not yeah, given, given this was quite a late addition, because it's an extra bank holiday, we yeah. normally have eight, this is yeah. nine. Given the occasion, I would imagine they will want all main lines uh, kept open, and usually the bank holiday works are planned the year, 18 months, even two years ahead, so yeah. touch wood, uh, trains should be, should be running. Interesting to see, because bank holiday services fairly similar usually to a Sunday service, aren't they? And there's not that many early trains to London on a Sunday no, from Carlisle? Not not normal normal service on a bank holiday. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought there was always mirrored. Maybe no. I'm thinking bus local bus services, that kind of thing I'm probably yeah, yeah. But, um, but yes, I mean there's gonna be a lot of people on those like five thirty, six thirty trains from London isn't from Carlisle to London, isn't there? I think it's fair to say. So uh so yeah that that that's um yeah, get get in your calendars now for the promotion party. Come the end of uh, start of May. That's uh, one to look forward to. Uh, well, let's league, coronation, league coronation. League coronation. Sorry, you, you keep. Saying, I mean, <laughs> we we do bloody well to catch up with um with a uh, late order at this rate, wouldn't we? But um, uh, stranger things have happened. I think it's fair to say. Um, right. Well, let let's get on to it then, Dan. We put it off long enough. Mister Joe Garner back at Brunton Park on an eighteen month deal. Yeah, it's 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 one that's been sort of rumoured, hasn't it, for for a while. Um, yeah, 
it, it, it's basically been going around in circles as talk that Fleetwood were either trying to get another player signed in to replace him first or they were looking to pay off his contract and that had to be agreed before he came up. But um, I, th- I think a few yeah. people were a little bit worried when he came off the bench on uh, Saturday for 10 minutes or so, weren't they? Yeah, there was a feeling of, oh, was it falling through? Some-? I think that was always a case of that. Fleet were just a little bit short on players and yeah. desperate times. Scott Brown was always going to throw him on late on to try and get a yeah. goal to get them back in it. But um, but there you go. I mean, it's his fourth spell at the club technically, isn't it? Because people forget the fact that he initially came on a half-season loan, didn't he? Um, yeah. Back in January 2007. Had a real good impact. Scored goal of the season, actually, that year, didn't he? With his brilliant long-range effort at Port Vale. Um, then he came back... Uh, I think, did he sign... The day before the first day of the season, I think. I can't remember if he did or not. I think he was on the bench that day, wasn't he, at Walsall? In fact, yes, he was. Yeah. Was, yeah. So, Neil McDonald was only brought him in. He then signed him permanently in the summer for 140000 which was a club record, obviously. Um, McDonald was then sacked after one game. <laughs> but, I mean, Jerry Merton on to make a great impact that season. Um, ended up leaving the following summer after his bad injury. Joined uh, Nottingham Forest for £1.14 million, which was, again, I think... A, was that a club record? There's some debate whether it's a club record or not because I I think Janssen went for two million, but no one seems to know how much he actually went for, do they? It's a strange one, that one. Yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, debatable, isn't it? Yeah, so obviously he went to Forest, did okay at Forest, didn't probably make the impact he hoped. Went for Watford, had a pretty torrid time there. Came back on loan again, didn't he, in uh, 2012? Um, and Greg Abbott really reinvigorated his career, didn't he? He basically got him going again. Uh, much to Preston's advantage, because Preston came in and signed him permanently. We couldn't afford to match the wages and fee that they would offer. Um, and yeah, he's had a, a pretty decent career since then, hasn't he? I think it's fair to say. What, what, what impact do you reckon he can have on this squad, Dan? Uh, well, experience. Yeah. Uh, he's been there. You know, he's done it at a higher level. He did it up at Rangers. He's done it at Preston, etc., etc. Uh, how to get stuck in? Sounds a bit daft, that, but... Joe Garner, I remember he came up here once, I can't remember, probably for Preston, and whoever was playing centre-back that day, he absolutely battered them. And mm. there was fans around me going, Ooh! and I'm like, well, it's just what he did when he played for us. Yeah, You know, he's, he's one of those players, he plays for you, you love him, he plays against you, you, you hate him. You know, it's... I think the nearest thing we've had to that in since he left last time was probably Lee Miller. He was a fairly yeah. similar yeah. player. He probably maybe not quite got as much of the nastiness that I mean it's interesting. I'm reading Simo's quotes here on the website and he and he specifically said he said he adds a bit of nous and know how. He brings a bit of nastiness and a way of really causing problems along with all that he's also that he's a really good striker. And he says he's different to what we've got yeah. and he's wanted to it's have like, another experienced striker for a while. So I saw a couple of people mention in the last couple of weeks and worry about his uh, disciplinary record. He's only been sent off four times in his career. Yeah. Goes to show, doesn't it? Really, so, not... so well from 2010 onwards, four times. Which I think he was set off lot. before that for us for diving, wasn't he? In the game, yeah. I remember that one. That was... Since since 2016, he's been sent off twice, and his bookings only average about five or six a season. Was one of those as he's got older, he's actually got less. Whether wasn't that's because he's mastered yeah. the dark arts, you know. Wasn't wasn't one of those sending offs having a scrap with James McLean as well. I think yeah, I seem to remember. Yeah. There's a video of that going around when he, I think he was at Wigan and I think McLean was maybe at Stoke or somewhere, I don't know. But but yeah, so um 
So yeah, it, 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 I, I just feel like he offers us something just a little bit different. In, and, you know, he's probably not going to start games straight away because he hasn't been starting for Fleetwood. He's not played a huge yeah. amount. But Fleetwood fans have been calling for him to start in games recently. So, you know, they still rated him. 18-month deal gives him a chance to settle and, and show what he's got. And, and the thing is as well, the fans will take to him straight away. You know, there's, fans are going to be chanting his name on Saturday at the game, you know. No, no. So that 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 makes a big difference. So yeah, nice to see Joey back. Um, squad number thirty-two. Interestingly, um, mm. number twelve still available, but no, no, no one seems to want to take it. Strangely, so yeah. so there you go. But yeah, so uh, n- nice to uh, to see Joey back at Brunson Park. Right, let's do a quick loan watch roundup, Dan. Um, I should say Dan Hill didn't feature for Clayton Moore at the weekend. Clayton Moore Celtic, um, their game against Steeton was called off due to a waterlogged pitch. And then a midweek trip to Darwin was called off due to the snow. Darwin, proper, a name you're well-versed with, Dan, I think from your pointless victory. Were they one of the teams you named or one of the teams you had No, they weren't one of the teams I named, but they were, they were one of our... On my list, so. Yeah, so yeah, Darwin, one of the original Football League teams. But um, yeah, their game at Darwin's called for midweek. His next game for them will be against uh, Runcorn Town this weekend at Runcorn. Um, one game I was thinking of going to if I didn't go to Bradford, but I am going to go to Bradford now, so, so there you go. Um, Max Killsby, uh, long trip up to Elgin City for him and Annan this weekend, but well-earned points for the Galabankies. A 1-1 draw on the northeast coast of Scotland. Uh, Max started again, played the full 90 minutes. Next home fixture for them, or next game for them is a home fixture against Bonnie Rig Rose. Uh, his loan spells up, Dan, at the end of this month. I didn't know this. I thought it was a season long loan, but um, uh, John Coleman said he's Simpson, up. Paul Simpson uh, suggested recently that the lads out on loan will continue to be on loan. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think obviously for Killsby and Bell. Yeah, they will not be able to play for us at any time because they're international transfers. Yeah. yeah. Killsby makes total sense for me. He's getting good game time, good experience. He, he's shown him, you know, Murphy will give a good round up to Simmer at the end of the season at House while he's done. And hopefully he's done enough to earn himself another contract because, you know, he's not had a chance obviously to feature us, but the fact that he's playing games regularly for them, I suggest, I reckon he'll we, probably get his deal extended another year, you'd have thought, wouldn't you? I think possibly. It's hard to judge because we've got some very good defenders ahead of him, haven't we? But. But there you go. Uh, Lewis Bell, um, big result for Gretna the weekend. They beat East Stirlingshire 2 0. And if East Stirlingshire had won that game, they would have gone ahead of them and they would have think they would have been fourth bottom at, at the very least, possibly third bottom. Um, so, yeah, big result for them. They've got no game this weekend. They play again next weekend against, I think it's Tronet Juniors, I think it is. Um, again, I suppose the only question with Bell is do you want to maybe send him somewhere a little bit higher? But then again, he's playing every week at Gretna, isn't he? So. It's a difficult yeah. one to judge with that. I think I'd probably stick with it. And Sam Fishburne, he got another appearance under his belt. Full 90 minutes for Morpeth Town as they picked up their first win in 11 games. A 2-0 victory over Gainsborough Trinity. Um, up next for them, a trip to Lancashire to face Bambert Bridge on Saturday. Right, then let's get on to the uh, review of the Newport game then. Cal United 2, Newport 0. Um, uh, first half especially, not a classic this game, was it? <laughs> I think it's fair to say. No, no, not the best. Uh, not, certainly not a game for the ages. Um, it was a strange one coming up to half time. I, I was, I wasn't going and thinking, God, we're lucky not to be behind it. But I was going and thinking, take a nil nil, regroup, go again, and and then we. I think that's what everyone was thinking. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people are already gone for the half time. I know Greg, who stands with us, had already gone there down the end yeah, to the, yeah. pint for the paddock bar. And I think I'm feeling he missed the goal. I think he'll. Uh, I'm sure no doubt tell me at the weekend, but um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was a strange one because Newport weren't the worst side I've seen this season, but 
they looked fairly toothless in attack, didn't they? Yeah. Um, against that, I thought Zanzala had a good tussle with our defence. I thought he did for about 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. And funny enough, the, strange, the turning point for him was Paul Huntington getting booked for hauling him down. And he got away from Huntington. It was a... Yeah, it was yeah. a good booking in that sense. Huntington knew what he was doing, yeah. but after that, he was barely involved in the game. He, it was almost like Huntington and and Feeney had gone right. He Huntington had gone to Feeney. You get on Zanzala now. I can't touch him, so I'll do all the sweeping up behind. And he just seemed to do the job, didn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, solid defensive player from from our, our back three. You know, I mean. Well, say back three, Mellish is always pushing on a bit more, but certainly Feeney and Huntington. So, yeah. yeah. Did the job, didn't it? Well, uh, well, let's look at the game. Let's talk some of the key points, Dan, then. Um, in terms of team selection, were you particularly surprised there was only one change, Gordon in for Stretton? No, I think it was yeah. uh, it was pretty much what we suggested, wasn't it? You know, uh, quite an easy change to make. Yeah. No, you know, no, senior, no. senior was always going to play because Ellis is out. Yeah, no, no massive surprise really was. It? I think there was a kind of a feeling that it was likely that um, Gordon were coming for Stratton, and the only question was maybe with McCalman for Gibson. But I can understand why he stopped with Gibson. He, he, he likes his creatives, you know. He does offer something a bit going forward. Uh, Jaden Harris did miss out on the bench though, in place of um, Jack Robinson. Um, do wonder maybe if Harris maybe a loan deal before the end of the window, then he would maybe leaves a little bit short in terms of covering midfield possibly. So it's. If it's, is it not if it's to National League that you can recall? I suppose we could send him on a three-month loan somewhere, couldn't we? And then after the first month, you're able to recall them. But if it's after 28 yeah. days, you can recall yeah. the player. So. so you could send him out on the last day of January, yeah. and then by March the 1st, you could have him back yeah. if needed. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, That's, that's, that's yeah. A, an option, isn't it, I guess? So that may, maybe that's something we'll look at. Um, well, I mean, like I said, in terms of first half, it would... There really wasn't a massive amount of quality from either side. And actually, when I watch back the extended highlights, I don't think we made the keeper make a save, really, first half. We didn't really do a huge amount, did we? Um, until, obviously, the goal. I mean, all the chances, really, were for um, Newport. So, the, the first one actually came from a, a mistake at the back from Thomas Hurley, wasn't it? It was a ball played into him, and it was sort of played onto his left foot. And normally, he's quite quick to take a hit it first time, but it wasn't played really into him in a position where he had to take a touch first. And then he delayed a little bit too much. He'd normally just get rid, but he, he delayed that little second longer. Scuffed the ball straight to one of their players. And he did quite well to recover and get narrow the gap as did a defender. And the ball was put wide, but it, it was a slightly hairy moment with that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simple as that then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. But yeah, but yeah so... Um, I mean, we'll talk about Hurley in a minute because there's been some chat on... Mike Mike started a bit of debate on Twitter about him, didn't he? I think it's fair to say with yeah, his yeah. tweet after the game. Um, beyond that, there was a long-range effort from one of their players that was straight at Hurley. Zanzala had a shot from a tight angle. It was more like a cross shot, really, wasn't it? He just hit it as hard as he could and Hurley did well to parry that behind. Um, and then Dennis's goal. I mean, I, I think, is it fair to say that this goal summed up the quality of both sides in the first half pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I was going to say it came out of nothing, but uh, we had because really, we, we weren't having a little push. Yeah, we had a little push before half time to go. We didn't we created we didn't really create clear chances before this, but 
Ball was spread out to Gibson on the right. He, he cuts back in onto his left and he plays in a... It's not a great cross, if I'm brutally honest. It's a low ball with his left foot. Defenders should deal with it a lot better. The, the conditions weren't great. We'll talk about that again as well in a minute. Um, he sort of scuffs it up to the edge of the area. Moxon does well to win a header. It comes down to a defender who then again scuffs it up into the air. A player heads it sort of sideways backwards and then it comes to Demetrio and I don't know what he's trying to do because... This wasn't like it accidentally came off the back of his head. He's trying to head this back. I think he completely loses all I, I sense of where he is. He's, he's trying to play it back to his keeper without yeah. realising his positioning. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And he hasn't made a full clean contact. No. And what it is, it, it, give him credit. It's it's good movement from Dennis, isn't it? Good awareness. Yeah, yeah. He, he, if you watch back on the... Um, the what you call it, the uh, pitch side blues. You can see he's constantly watching, thinking, right, this ball might come here, this ball might come here. And his movement's there to get yeah, himself yeah. into space, to have the chance, and it comes down. And and it's a great little finish, isn't it, to be fair? It, oh, it, yeah, yeah. It's very underrated how good a finish that is, actually. because it, he It literally trickled in off the post, sort of, yeah. didn't it? But, but what he does, he, he places it perfectly with his right foot, yeah, yeah. in off the post, defender can't get to it. And you go in at half time thinking, bloody hell, how, how are we winning this? It's, I felt bad for Newport because they probably were narrowly the better side in that first half. But yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. If you don't create enough chances, don't take enough chances, you know, it, it's a it, it, it's a good one, I think. It's, it's fair to say. Um, into the second half, United were a lot stronger, I think, second half. We looked a lot better, didn't we? A bit, little bit sharper. Um, nearly double the lead when Moxon put a corner in from the left that was almost put into his own net by Drysdale. And then came the goal um, for Kamani, uh, John Kamani, I should say. Um, we'll call him JK. I think it's going to be a lot easier, isn't it, yeah. going forward? So, JK Gordon gets his uh, debut goal and quite a direct goal in the sense of, you know, the windy conditions. Senior just gets rid of it, doesn't he, from the edge of the box? I think it was one yeah. where Guy had missed it and Senior was like, I'm just getting rid of this. And he hoofs a, a long, high ball forward that the d- defender initially wins the header, but then. I think it's really poor from the defender because Dennis isn't the I biggest think, I, anyway. think, I think it's a mixture of poor defending, but again, good awareness and now yeah. from Dennis. Yeah, I still feel like the defender can do better. I think yeah. he can get around Dennis and get to that second ball, but Dennis is like, no, I'm having it. Brings yeah. it down, lays it off almost perfectly to Gordon. Little bit under hit the pass if you look at it, back at it. Some people said it was hit behind him. It wasn't. It was just under hit slightly. Yeah. So Gordon has to drag it with his right foot onto his left foot, get into the box. And it's a really good finish actually again, isn't it? Because he, he takes it on his weaker left foot, but he hits it early and hits it with power. And it, it's fairly close to the keeper because it's so well hit. He can't get to it, can he? No, it was, uh, you know, across the keeper. If I was a keeper... I'd maybe be slightly annoyed at myself, but yeah. I think the pace made sure. You know. I think taking it early as well, I think because I think he's thinking he's going to try and hit this back across goal or he's going to try and take another touch and pick someone out, but he just hits it nice and early, doesn't it? And it, it, it was all not quite Patrick-esque, because I think Patrick probably would look to get it onto his right foot, wouldn't he? But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good little finish and that was pretty much the end of his game, wasn't it? Because I think he came off about three or four minutes later for yeah, Patrick yeah. enough and... Um, yeah, just 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 a nice way to make a good positive impact on his debut. Um, beyond that, um, there was a lovely little bit bit of play by um, Adam Lewis on the left for Newport. I was impressed with him, by the way, the left back on loan from um, Liverpool for Newport. He, he nutmegged Jordan Gibson, then played a lovely crossfield ball to I think his opposite wing back. 
he showed a lovely touch and dink it over two defenders. And then all he had to do was hit it back across goal, didn't he? And he probably would have hit someone and gone in. But he tried to smash it into the roof of the net and he put it into the waterworks. Awful, awful finish. Um, and then uh, Mari Patrick made a good impact after coming on. We'll talk about him. Um, good play by him down the right. Plays the ball across goal and Jack Armour's coming in and... It's one of those ones, I think, if it, if it comes to, to a Patrick or a Gibson, they probably finish that, don't they? But Armour being a left-back, he just drills it hard and low and the keeper makes a good save. Um, they then, I think... Um, sorry, Gibson then hits the post with a long-range effort. And uh, Lewis hits the post with a header for them. And that was it, pretty much, in terms of chances. Um, overall, Dan, a good solid tw- three points when we're not playing particularly well, wasn't it? It's It was a classic side of a decent team picking up three points in a clean sheet while not playing at our best. I don't think we were ever massively under the cosh in the game. No, no. But, you know, we certainly weren't comfortable until we probably went 2-0. Yeah. Uh, but no, just, again, it's it just points to how much of a team we're becoming when, you know, we don't play well and we win with, with ease in the end, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, like say, two goals, clean sheet, happy days. Exactly. Right, uh, should, we, should we have our six-second review then? Yeah. So we saw him before the game on Saturday and we told him he had to give us a six-second review. And young Craig Robson has come up trumps again, hasn't he? So here's Craig's uh, 60-second review of this weekend's game. Simmons at the wheel. As the Blues go marching on, I think I chose a good game to review with plenty of talking points. So let's get into it. I thought the first half was boring and even though a few times I thought they were going to score with a holy mistake but we were okay then randomly out of nowhere a magic moment shot to the head with yet another great Dennis finish second half I think we came out and dominated a new signing Gordon shone the whole match and it really showed when he got a debut goal calm and cool it was a decent finish and yet another Dennis assist Gordon was very physical but he looked really good. Definitely one for the footballing world's future. But Jordan Gibson, corker or flop. Some people around me, Nick, uh, were slagging him off the whole game. But I personally thought that he had a decent performance and was very unlucky not to score. And Thomas Hawley was also getting a bit of stick before the game. I think it's just a load of rubbish, really. And he made <laughs> one mistake early on, but he looked solid for the rest of the game. Newport tried to be dirty, especially fouling Mellish all the time. I mean, when will teams learn it doesn't bother him? 2-0 was definitely a good result, especially considering we never do really well against Newport and I thought it was going to be a tough one. Now we must look forward, up the Blues. Oh, big thanks to Craig there. Struggling on through a call by the sounds of things. Yeah, it's time full of calls. Good, good lad for getting it through to us. I think that's 90 minutes in the paddock on Saturday for him, the cold. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's not much fun standing there in that cold and wind. Was it? I mean, let's talk talk about the conditions. It, it, it's one of those ones you probably don't appreciate it so much when you may be watching it on iPhone and things like that, but it was very cold and windy that day, wasn't it? It was not, not a fun game for them to be playing in, I'd imagine. And I, I think, actually, funny enough, let, let, let's go on to Holy then. He mentions him there and he says it's a load of rubbish people slagging him off. And I... I tend to Mike, agree. Mike would be nodding in agreement. Mike will be listening to this, driving in his van, and he'll be nodding along going, yes, Craig, yes, lad, well done. Because <laughs> um, Mike put a tweet after the game saying, you know, basically saying, put, put a bit of respect on Thomas Hurley's name, essentially. You know, 
he is fourth in the clean sheet chart in the division. We're, ten... four, we're fourth in the league. He's fourth in the clean sheet chart with 10 clean sheets. He's, he's doing his job. Yeah, he's solid enough. Yeah, you're going to get the occasional rig, but I think people... League two keepers make mistakes. Yeah. Mark you... Howard made the odd mistake. Yeah. Paul Farman made the odd mistake. Well, I'd look back to the game when we played Bradford uh, on Boxing Day, right? Their keeper had a great game for them. Some brilliant saves he pulled off. But I tell you what, Thomas Hurley's in net for them. I don't think that goal that we scored happens because he comes and claims across like that because he's got the height, he's got the presence to get it. I think sometimes his sheer size makes some things that other keepers maybe look a bit more spectacular. Yeah. He doesn't need to move as much because he's yeah. so bloody big. And he's probably not going to be as agile as someone like a Howard who's a bit smaller maybe, but... You gain positives in other areas, don't you? And like yeah. I said, 10 clean sheets out of, what, 24, 25 games? You can't really argue with that. Good, is it? You mean, no. at, that, at that ratio, you're looking at 17, 18 by the end of the season. Which would be our best since Kieran Westwood, if he yeah. manages that. So, and and, and yeah. another thing we, we've been on about in a couple of chats on WhatsApp this week, you know, we've been quite spoiled with keepers. Yeah, yeah. You know, Westwood became a good keeper. Gillespie was a good keeper. Thomas Cole, uh, Adam, we had him on loan. Adam, Adam Cook, uh, Colin, first time yeah. round, was a good keeper, you know. Jack Bonham turned out to be a very good... I mean, he had a you know, slow and ropey start, but he turned out to be a great you, keeper for you us, didn't he? some of the Lordies. You, you mentioned uh, Krull. We've had Krull, Pickford, Ben Amos. Yeah. Good keepers, you know. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. We, won't, we won't mention Kevin Rose. No, but, you know. no, certainly not. Ben Annick's another one as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably more famous for something else he did, but... I'm going to say children, don't Google that. Um, but yeah, so no, I, 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 I 100% agree with Craig on that. I think I think, I think sometimes people get a bit too excited. I mean, I've seen someone tweet today saying that he's a passenger. He's not a passenger. I mean, give over, man. That, that's that's hyperbole at the highest level, isn't it? So, so there you go. Um, Jordan Gibson, you mentioned him there. Um, better game from him, I think, you know. Solid enough, obviously involved in the first goal. Yeah, and I'm stretching it by saying that I, but so close to scoring a brilliant goal as well, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I thought he played quite well uh, on Saturday. Uh, he's, been, he's been a bit up and down in recent weeks, yeah. but uh, he, he looked a little bit back to, to what we know he can do. And maybe the arrival of uh, JK and Patrick coming back fit. Yeah. You know, there's there's a little bit of a, a challenge there for him because who's to say we, we might not play ball for them one game with yeah. one of them cutting in as cutting in while senior overlaps or Ellis if he's fit. You know, it's... and at the same time, it also maybe takes a little bit of pressure off him as well because yeah, we've actually got another option down one of the wings because Stretton is you know as good as he could be. He wasn't at times he wasn't really uh, the creative force going down the wing, was he? Whereas Gibson is the expectation is he has to get the ball and create stuff with. Yeah. Patrick in there, we know he can do that. With Gordon, we've seen already, he looks like he can do it. Which brings us on nicely. Let's talk about JK and his debut, Dan. I mean, pretty, he got man of the match from um, from the club. He got man of the match from whoscored.com. I think we slightly disagree on that, but not saying I, that he, I, he was bad. But... We're not saying he was bad, because he certainly no. wasn't. He had a great game. But I think that's one of those, you know, first game, the lad scored. You know, his, his, his parent club will be happy, you know, so you can fully understand why. I mean, yeah. for me, it would have been Dennis just yeah. slightly ahead of him because yeah. Dennis scored and created the goal. The second scored and created the goal. So. And actually, in the last 10, 15 minutes, he did some brilliant tracking back as well. He really yeah, got back yeah. to help the defence a bit as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I'd, I'd say Dennis. But, yeah, in terms of his 
debut. At times it was a bit quiet, but actually what impressed me was there was a few times where he lost the ball, but he won it back very quickly, wasn't it? And he, he was not afraid of getting stuck in and trying to win the ball down the wing, wasn't he? When we get these players from the, uh, the under-21s, etc., there's there's levels to them, and yeah. this lad just looks a little bit better than Stretton, certainly the likes of Owen Windsor, etc. You know, it's... well, Tyrese Omatoy. Funny enough, someone else tweeted as well saying, "Don't get too excited. Look, look who else got man of the match on their debut, and they put Tyrese Omatoy <laughs> yeah, that season." I was like, that, yeah. that Tyrese Omatoy one was. I mean, I can't even remember why he got man of the match. That was it. That was a baffling one because, I mean. Amari Patrick came on 15 minutes in that game and did more than him and should have been man of the match. Yeah. Gibson well, probably I, should have I, been man of the match in that game, really. I, I think we can guess who probably said make him man of the match. Yeah, that, that, that has happened in the past. We know that. Um, yeah. But yeah, with him, I remember he made a couple of a couple of runs in that game against him, but he didn't ever look like scoring against... I mean, let's be honest, Tyrese Omotoyo, what was it, 13 games, two shots on target in that whole time. Yeah. I mean, Gordon... Yeah, you know, nearly and matched back to under twenty one. Back to under twenty one football this season, and he's still there. You know, it's yeah. not not even comparable the two of them for me. So, yeah, so yeah I, I, for me, yeah, great debut, really good signs. I think he's going to fit in really well. You might find yeah. himself in and out of the team because you know Patrick's fit I, again I, now. So I was just going to say we've got a good run of games coming up. Obviously, Patrick's coming back from a, a, a hamstring. Yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise if they flip flop a little bit. You yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Which, which, would, which would be sensible. You know, I mean, Gordon's entitled to start on Saturday for me with Patrick off the bench. Yep. Yeah. Also, we'll have Joe Garner yeah. on the bench as well, probably on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say we've got some good options on the bench, haven't we? Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling poor Toby might be the one who misses out at the weekend because obviously Joe's I, back I, I, I've just seen a, a tweet, actually, from uh, my mate Brendan saying, imagine if we're losing a game last 20, we could just go 4-2-4, play Patrick... Uh, Gordon, Dennis, and Garner. <laughs> Teams wouldn't know what the hell was going on. I mean, even that, you could even, if, if Dennis is tired, you could take off Toby and just have Toby up corbs in chaos yeah. and get Garner in around him and Patrick and Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's, there's always options like that. So, so there you go. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Um, anything else specific from the game you can think of? Not really. <laughs> no, it, it, it wasn't the most eventful game. I mean, in terms of overall performances, I mean, Guy and, and Moxon had good games in midfield again. I mean, Joel, Joel Senior, well, a little shout out to him, actually. We should probably mention him because we all know that he didn't have the greatest game against Doncaster. He made that mistake early on. I thought in this one, he actually looked a lot more solid. Defensively, I thought he had a really good game. Going forward, there's a couple of times where he, he got a bit excited on his run and he probably should have made a pass a little sooner, but that's going to come with time with him getting back to match fitness and sharpness and stuff like that, isn't it? But overall, Dan, I think he had a good game, didn't he? Yeah, um, you know, he's like says every minute he plays, he gets sharper. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I know people who watched him a couple of times in the conference, and yeah. they say he is more of a wing back than a full back, which obviously Perfect. <laughs> suits suits us completely, especially with you know the the wide players we have who can who all have the ability to cut in while he bombs on. You know, it's, yeah. there's been yeah. There's been some talk, hasn't there, from some people saying we need to get some right defensive covering though, because he's you know he's the only one and he's you know he's not sharp and stuff. And I'm, I'm my feeling with that is well, Jack Ellis is back in what 
three weeks max, maybe. End, right? of, the, end of the month, early February. End yeah. of the month, early February. It might take him a couple of, you know, a week or two to get back up to sharpness, but he's, he's back and probably available at that point. Finn back is back, what, late late March, early April. We could we'd potentially have four players in that position then if we did that. I, I, yeah. Back in the day, when you had your, your, you know, you could do your 90-day loans, it was fine to be able to do that. You could get you could get a James Tavernier in, you could get a Christian Ribeiro, you could get a... Who else did we sign in with a right-back that season? I can't remember. We had about three of them, didn't we? When Frank Simic was out for, for half a season. Can't do that now. You've got to commit to half seasons or, you know, a permanent signing. And yeah. it's not worth the risk anymore. So for me, I feel now we've got assigned. For us, it's just a waiting game. See if anyone comes in for our players with big offers, potentially have players lined up to replace them or any bad injuries happen. I feel like Garner's not the last piece in the jigsaw, but it leaves us in a situation where I think we can be quite content, can't we? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. As you mentioned, may, maybe cover for, for Gibson on, oh no, it's a competition for Gibson and, and on the, the right. At the but... start of this window, I wanted some left-sided defensive cover, which we've got in Robinson from Middlesbrough. Another central midfielder to push Diane and Moxon, which we've got in McCallman's. I said a striker, uh, Gordon's came in, he's more of a Patrick Wide striker, yeah. but obviously we've now signed Garner as well, so that's, we, we've ticked the three boxes. Edmonton's in back in nine players. weeks as well, so, you know, you yeah. that, so you know, Charter's so the I, same. I, I, I would quite like to see, if we had to bring one more in, maybe a bit of competition for Gibson, because Patrick's got Gordon, Gibson's sort of on his own, isn't he, so... But you've got sort of you three know. players there, and I suppose once Edmondson is fit, he can play in that position, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so there's, there's, op- there's options there, isn't there? I don't know if there's anyone Let's just play all team, our but... strikers up front when they're fit for the yeah, lap. Yeah, just have a go. Let's have a laugh. Battle um, all this <laughs> Exactly. Batter them. 8-0, as you predicted last time. Um, uh, or was it 9? prediction for the next one. Oh, you're going to go for 9, club record. I can't tell you. Oh, spot, spot. You have to wait till next time. Indeed, right. Um... I think that wraps it. Oh, actually, no, one more little shout. Give a shout out to the Partick Thistle fans <laughs> who were at the game. This was a barbing one, wasn't it? So basically, yeah. um, Newport, when, coming off the kickoff, it looked like it was quite sparse, didn't it, in the in the away end. Oh, it's not a great following this. But you expect that for a, a smaller club just after New Year. There's always, yeah. you generally get small followings for these games. But I remembered we were walking down and we heard, me and Mike heard a, a lively lot of Newport, what sounded like Newport fans in Walkabout. Turns out it wasn't Newport fans, it was Partick Thistle fans, and they turned up just before kickoff in, in the away end. Uh, what it was, um, their game at Dun- was it Dundee or Dundee United? I can't remember which one they were Dundee. Play. Dundee. Dundee. Uh, their game at Dundee was called off due to the bad weather, and they had a bus booked to take them there. They obviously couldn't, couldn't get their money back on the bus because it was booked. So they said to the bus driver, well, how far can you take us? And then he said, oh, I'll take you wherever. And he said, well, take us to Carlisle. We're going to watch Carlisle against pa- uh, Newport County. So they came down to watch Carlisle against Newport County and sat in the away with the away fans and made a fair bit of noise, didn't they, actually? More than a lot of away at followings do this season. So uh, yeah, f- fair play to the Jags fans for travelling down. Didn't bring the mascot with them. They did the, that, uh, that weird explosion thing that it is. Um, if, if, you do, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, look up Partick Fistle mascot and prepare to have your mind blown. That is what they have to entertain the kids before the game. So there you go. Right, I think that's it, Down then. Um, we won't do a League 2 roundup. We'll, 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 we'll get back on that uh, next week, maybe look at some of the key fixtures that have happened over the uh, weekend and midweek games. So uh, we'll take a short break and be back with the second half of the show. Hi, I'm Owen Moxon, and you're listening to The Brunton Bugle. 
that's the PFA Player of the Month. Owen Moxon there telling you to, that you're listening to the Brunson Bugle. Um, it's the second half of the show. We haven't got a question of the week this week, have we, Dan? We haven't had time to sort one no, out. No, two games. Uh... Two games, lots to fit in. Um, so let's get straight into it. Uh, first up, we're going to preview the Bradford City game. And we have a behind enemy lines uh, for this one. Uh, we spoke to Chris from the City Vent Bradford City podcast. Um, had a really good 20-minute long chat with Chris. Actually uh, got into a bit of depth. Uh, we talked about... Mark Hughes' first year in charge almost mirrors Simo's, doesn't it? I think he was appointed the day after Simo back in February last year. Yeah. Seemed to ring a bell because I think we were all like, wow, this is the, the appointment of the season in League 2 and, and Bradford City were like, hold my beer <laughs> and blew everyone's minds with that one. Uh, so his first year in charge, their hopes for the season in the second half of the campaign and why they hate Jordan Gibson so much. So uh, <laughs> here's the chat I had with Chris all about that. So here we are with the latest of our Behind Enemy Lines sections on the podcast. And this week, we're talking to a Bradford fan. It's Chris from the City Vent. I'm getting it right because we checked this before. And the City <laughs> Vent podcast to talk about all things Bradford City. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Lee. How are you, self? I mean, to be honest with you, you guys have kind of come from nowhere and uh, doing yeah. quite well. So yeah, we're, we're, we're having an enjoyable season, let's put it that way. And, and it's... It, <laughs> It's almost all down to one man, I think it's fair to say, which actually brings me quite nicely onto my first question. So I was going to say, there's a weird sort of close connection between our, both our current managers in that they were appointed within a day of each other back in February last year. Because there was a bit sort of, I think we appointed Simpson on the Monday after we'd been battered by Swindon 3-0 and it, battering, underselling it. Um he came in and it was a big like it was a big like wow this is an incredible appointment for for Carlisle most exciting appointment in league to this season and you guys were like hold my bit and uh, a day later you announced uh, Mark Hughes was yeah. coming as boss eleven months on so Simpson eleven months on can do no wrong at Brunton Park <laughs> what about Mark Hughes how was he perceived by the Bantams fans after almost a year in charge I want to mention about Simpson as well first before I do yeah. that and uh, obviously he. He's had some great days at Carlisle before, you know, obviously, and yeah. seeing seeing what he'd done uh, for the club, and um, it was a very exciting to see Simpson yeah. come to back, come back to you really after. Yeah. I think you've had, you know, you probably had a year where you should have gone to the playoffs and blah blah blah. But yeah, anyway, so Hughes, yeah, I tell you what, I remember I was in um, I was in a meeting, I was in a meeting, and I had my iWatch on or Apple Watch, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I remember he just because he doesn't do um, images, and it just and I went, nah, that's not true, that's not true. <laughs> it was crazy, it was crazy, and it was like, how on earth, as you know, have we got Mark Hughes? Um, I think when he came in after Derek Adams, we we hated Derek Adams. There's no doubt about that, Lee. We absolutely hated him. He's I just think. the wrong appointment for you guys, wasn't he? Just not the right man for your club, really, was he? More can be fit well, but Bradford just didn't. Absolutely agree, but you know when you look at his credentials, you look at obviously where you know he took Morecambe up, yeah. who was the most unfancied team in that league. Full stop. Yeah. Uh, you think okay, maybe there's a potential here, but yeah, you're absolutely right there, Lee. I think I think there was a lot of things that he didn't get. He used to start yeah. abusing the fans because they were turning on him. Yeah, I don't think he got the club whatsoever. But anyway, so well, like Mark Hughes when he came in. Um, it was, I mean, I still get it. I, I still get it. And I'll be honest, I, you know, I, I see Mark Hughes coming out for a game. I look at him and I go, wow, we've got Mark Hughes as a manager. And it's, <laughs> it's crazy to see. But um, 
I think we've been maybe um, been very disappointed over the last couple of months. We got beat by Rochdale two one at home, where we were nil up. Mm. Um, there just doesn't seem to be so any cohesion with the team. Um, very disappointed. So I'm hoping that January is going to liven us up. We've brought in a couple of players that maybe might make a difference to the season. But yeah. Um, Am I going to say that I want Mark Hughes out? Absolutely not. But it's not the season that we expected. Yeah, I mean, there seems to be a little bit looking online. Your fans are very vocal fans, I think it's fair to say, on Twitter. Always, always. And there does seem to be a bit of division on him in the sense that some really massively backing him, some are just like, get rid, whatever. I mean, as surprisingly poor as you were on Boxing It, and I genuinely was shocked at how but we thought it was going to be a really tight game, I think, in our predictions. We had, like, draws and maybe a 1-0 win for us, something like that. Which, I know it was a 1-0 win in the end, but ideally it could have been 5-6 if, we, if we'd taken the chances we had. Yeah. Although yeah. you did have your good chances yourself. But you're still right up there, and you're not actually that far off the top three. Like, I mean, you know, if you beat us at the weekend, you'd be sitting there potentially, what, three points behind Northampton in, in third? So... Is there a feeling maybe he just needs to get a bit of time to get things right? Did he really have the time in the summer to get the squad together he wanted, do you think? I think he's back consistently. I think mm. uh, if we go back to Boxing Day, I actually thought you... Do you know, whenever we play in Brunton Park, we always have mm. a bit of a stinker. I mean, you look at last season where you had um, uh, Jordan uh, Jordan Gibson scored. Yeah, Mari scored. Amari scored. Yeah. Calvin you know, Miller was look, playing for us as well. <laughs> yeah, Calvin Guy, who, to be honest with you, I, I would have back in an instance. I always <laughs> thought he was a very, very I, I personally still do. He's I think he's a player. very, very good midfielder, controls the ball very well. Um, and that was difficult. Um, do, I don't, I, I, do I think, I don't know. I, I think the honest answer, Lee, is that I, do, I just do not know. We're going from game to game. I mean, like, like I mentioned personally, like you know, mentioned earlier on about the fact that we played Rochdale, uh, we're one nil up against them. They were awful, and they win two one. There just doesn't seem to be um, a balance in midfield. We've got Alex Gilliard, we've got Smallwood in midfield, where you would expect that it would work really, really well. Now Smallwood and Gilliard are both playing in positions that they're not used to. Um, yeah. I think I think I think it's probably fair to say, Lee, that um, Smallwood, when he came to Bradford, was was potentially the sign of the season of uh, League, you know, League Two. Everyone looked the... and thought, "Wow, what a signing!" Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think we've seen, I don't think we've seen that from Smallwood yet. I think we've been very disappointed. And Gilly, mm. Gilly um, was usually like uh, he was a left winger. Yeah, Sorry, we had him right... on loan. He, we, yeah, yeah, he I know you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he never struck me as a player who would ever play central midfield, if I'm honest, because he, he was a bit of a fanny when it came to a tackle back then. He may be a bit different now, but he, he didn't want to get stuck in at all. I think it's interesting because, like, um, I mean, like they always say about wingers and stuff, they always say that they're uh, failed central midfielders. <laughs> and we look at, like, Gilly, and I, I will say this, like, for the first three or four games of the season, in fact, no, that's been a bit unfair. I think maybe the first 10 games we actually thought, yeah, he was box to box. He was making the tackles, yeah. which he was opposite to what we're used mm-hmm. to seeing, Lee. So even for yourselves. Um, however, I'm just not sure that that 
them two work together, particularly in midfield. Um, There's a lot of questions. We've lost Tyreek Wright, who uh, has just gone to Plymouth, and that's a big loss for us. Huge loss for us. Uh, From my understanding was that he was going to sign permanent and maybe we didn't put it through quickly enough. Um, But against you boys, I think, I think, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I think um, if I'm being fair, I'm I'm quite worried about Saturday. I'm not going to go out and say that we're going to smash you to pieces. I think (laughs) I'm a little bit worried. Oh, interesting that. Um, right, well, let's let's talk about your squad and sort of January transfer business. You, you mentioned, obviously, Tyre Gray um, going back to Villa, wasn't it? And then being sent out on loan to Plymouth as well. Um, it's an interesting one, that actually, but just, just to go for a little bit tangent because it's something I've said on our pod. It does seem like a lot of players are getting recalled from loans this season at lower league clubs. It seems to be a lot more common. Maybe I'm just noticing it a bit more. But there seems to be a lot of early transfer to activity in terms of players being recalled to be sent out elsewhere or not because they're not being used or being sold permanently, as we found with Jack Stretton, who's gone to Stockport after being recalled from Derby. Um, how happy are you in terms of your January transfer business so far? I see you've um, sent Matty Folds out as well, I think, early today to Harrogate. I'm not sure if that's... Uh, is that actually come I through? I think it's come through. Yeah. It must have happened while you're on your way home from work. I think I've seen <laughs> it before. Breaking that's, news for you there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting one. But I, I, I would talk about the... Um, I think that a lot of, obviously, the League 2 team, teams... Mm-hmm. And I will go on to, obviously, our transfer uh, dealing so far. But um, I think that it seems to be a, a common thing where... Championship clubs are, you know, sending their players out on loan to League Two. So they might be doing really well, and yeah. then they decide, obviously, that they want to send to League One. A perfect example of that, Lee, is uh, Huddersfield. They've been doing it for about two or three years. Yeah, yeah. Players where they've, you know, they're sent here, there, and everywhere, and then they've kind of called them back. I mean, we're very lucky that we've got uh, Romani Critchlow on loan from Huddersfield, and from my understanding, is that. He's played 20 games, um, so he can't leave the club. So he has to stay on loan. Um, Transfer dealing so far, I think, um, I I tell you what, I didn't mean. (laughs) Do you know what? I didn't (laughs) actually know. (laughs) I've been working today, Lee, so I've not seen that. I can't (laughs) believe that Folds has gone to Harrogate. But, um, yeah, a a very interesting one. Um, We've brought in uh, a lad from Burnley who's... Do you know what? I hate to say it, but I can't remember his name off by heart. Um, but he started about three or four games for company this season. Um, and the fact that he's, you know, obviously he's got that um, company, has got that uh, trust with Mark Hughes. And that's Dara Costello, is that his name? That's the one. But apparently yes, it's Costello. Costello. It's not like Elvis, Elvis Costello. It's like <laughs> Elvis Costello. So it could be interesting. I mean, um, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Is we have to make changes. The team is just not working as it is at the moment, um, and especially if we want to be in the playoffs. I, I've already said I don't believe for a second that we're going to be in the top three. I personally believe the top three are settled. I don't know what you think about that one, Lee. I, but... I, I think maybe the top is settled. I think second possibly, but I, f- I think Stockport are going to fly past everybody and go into third. That's that's, mm. my, that's the only one I can see, and and that's me trying to be an optimistic car. I think thinking. Who do you go, Lee? Who do you go for first? Orient. I can't see them dropping off enough. See, I just can't. 
See, I would say Stevenage. Everyone keeps saying Stevenage are going to drop off. Stevenage I think the FA Cup might be a distraction. That's the only thing I think with that. But may only be one more game, though. You never know, do you? I suppose. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, for me, I think I think Stevenage. Obviously, again, it's uh, Steve Evans who's creating that team, and he's done it over in you know in, tw- in twelve months, and yeah, you got to look at them. He's a horrible person, but he's a hell of a good manager. He's a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely a horrible person. But he's a good manager, yeah, and uh, yeah. the club wants to take over. I mean, you look at where they were when he took over yeah. uh, and what a job he's done. Fantastic. And we can't deny that, really, Lee. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, right, well, let, let's, let's talk about links between the two clubs, shall we, then? Um, we'll start off. <laughs> There's a fair few. Lee. Yeah, well, it's not as bad as it used to be. There was there was a joke, there was a running joke when Chris Beach was our manager that, that the only DVD he had to watch games of was Bradford City Reserves from 2019 to 2020 because every player he signed was ex-Bradford. We also have Joe Riley, who's now at Walsall. We had um, Kelvin Meller. We had... This, this, Two or three more though. I've, I've probably Divine. forgotten. There was Divine. Divine. Yes, Divine. I forgot about Danny Divine altogether. He's gone to Chester now. He has. He was a weird one because when he finally made his full debut, for us, I think it was against Salford in during the COVID time. It was one of the few games we could go to, and he was man of the match. He was brilliant, but he was just never fit enough and never consistent enough. So, but anyway, I'm going off on a bit of tangent there. Um, let's talk about the former players in each squad. So let's start with you guys. We've already touched about Alex Gillian, I suppose so we don't need to do that. Andy Cook. Interesting one, because for us, he never made his league debut for us. And there was a lot of talk, and I was working at the club at the time, as I think I've told you before. He was a youth team up-and-coming striker, and I think he broke his ankle when he was on loan at Barrow. So we gave him an extra year just to give him another chance. Yeah. And he turned up to pre-season training overweight, and that basically knackered any chance of him ever getting a chance of us. I think that the thought was... Unless you sort your attitude out, you won't make it. Which he clearly has done. And look, he's not in the. He's not. He's never going to be a slim gym, is he? To be fair, he's a big, bustling lad. But he'd let himself down at that point. But he's certainly built a career for himself. What's Bradford fans thought on him? Because I mean, come on, he's he, what? I think he's the third top scorer behind Dennis now and yeah. um, Hawk, uh, Hoskins. How, what's the thought on him? Hoskins, yeah, Sam Hoskins, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Um, I think. I think even towards the end of last season, he knew that he was going to be. The forward and uh, he was very fat. He was, and he was very similar to what he's been at Carlisle. Um, I think when we brought him in, so we brought him in from Mansfield. He was, yeah. you know, not getting in Nigel Clough's um, plans whatsoever. He did. I think he probably scored about six or seven that goal that year. Um, he, he scored. I mean, to be fair, he was twelve. I think he was maybe scored twelve goals last season. He was our top goal scorer this season. He started the season really well. From what I understand, was because um, we signed Vidane Oliver uh, in the summer, and I think that he was always meant to be the main striker. And probably Andy Cook was told that he could go if he wanted, and. Mm-hmm. He put in the effort. He put in the effort. I mean, for me, I, if you if you play the ball to Andy Cook, he will score. He really will. Um, I think the way that we play at the moment probably doesn't uh, appreciate that enough. Um, I do wonder whether he might leave in the summer. Uh, well, even January, to be honest with you. I mean, he's at, he's out of contract in the summer. Do I think he might do? I think he might go. I do, um, but Andy Cook, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Andy Cook. It's just certain things about him that he struggles with. Um, 
he gets very frustrated. But he, I tell you what, as a defender, you must hate playing against Andy Cook because yeah. he's literally in your ear all the time. I don't want to tempt fate here, but he's played against us four times. I think it's four or five times now, and he's still not scored. Oh, uh, 100%. <laughs> Oh, here we right. go. Saturday. Get your money on. So I've helped you out there. Get your money on. But yeah, seriously. It, I mean, to be fair, I thought he was going to score in that game against it was on Boxing. He was the only player. I mean, if he had three guilt edge chances, he should have scored. It he could have ended six. Terrible chances. It could have been maybe. six three that game. It could have easily ended six yeah. three. Was that mad? Do you know what it was? It was because uh, Boxing Day is my birthday, so it was mm. actually I spent it with family, so I didn't actually watch the game, oh, which is the good. only game I've not seen this season. However. I, I have heard that um, there was a few missed chances. Yeah, he wasn't great in terms of taking chances. Well, let's talk about the ones in the Carlisle squad then. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll go one by one. You might be quite brief on the first two, but we'll um, we'll leave the most controversial till last, shall we say. Uh, well, first up, um, Jamie Devitt. Let's talk about him briefly because he had a couple of loan spells for you guys. Didn't really make the impact you'd probably hope, I guess, but he's very well loved at Carlisle, I think it's fair to say. I think Jamie was one of these players that um, we expected more from, but I think he had a lot of injuries. Um, By the time the second time around, definitely he had. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wouldn't say that we personally thought he was crap. Um, I think we we, we quite liked him. It's just the problem was that, again, he was just constantly injured. But he had a little bit about him. Um, So I I personally didn't mind Jamie. Um, It was just the case of... Yeah, it, it was probably time to move on and yeah. and find another club. So, yeah. yeah. Callum Guy, uh, he had a bit of a longer spell, I think, with you guys. And you did mention, obviously, before, he's someone you, you, you would have loved to, to re-sign. Oh. Cause he think, I mean, he, he's very... It's weird because last season he wasn't particularly great until Simo came in and he looked a lot better. His, yeah. his first full season, he was fantastic for us. He was really, really good. And playing alongside Aaron Moxon now, he looks a really good player. And I think... He was a bit younger when he came to you guys, but he, he clearly still made a bit of an impact. Yeah, he was. Um, he was one of those players that I was actually a little bit de- devastated that left, at, in all honesty. Um, I remember watching him at Brunton Park last week, uh, sorry, last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was absolutely quality. Controls the midfield, very, very good central yeah. midfielder. And he's kind of the player that I really wish we had. Um, he's added goals to his game this season as well and I think all three of them have been long range efforts from outside the area so that's one thing to watch out for at the weekend possibly it doesn't surprise me with him um, I, I, I'll i be honest I, 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 it was disappointing I thought that he didn't have a great year last year I don't yeah. know what you guys think uh, he, was, um, he, he was hitting this he, first half of the season especially he just wasn't anywhere near the level he was but I yeah. think the expectation was a bit too much possibly and maybe I, I, I mean, I thought that maybe he was going to go on and on, maybe League One, late, you know, probably, yeah, probably League One or something like that. I should um, say he was also made captain at the start of last season, and that I don't think helped him much because he kind of, yeah, I think the pressure was a bit too much for him. Simpson took it off in this summer, and, and he's not complaining; he's got on with it, and it's really helped. I think so. That's what you want, Simps. Yeah. I tell you, Simps yeah. is doing it. Anyway, go on, next yeah. player. Go on, uh, the third one, Amari Patrick. So he's a bit, a bit more of a <laughs> hit and miss one. I don't think he ever quite made the impact with you guys, but with us, when he's on song, he's he's probably one of the best wingers in the division. He's unplayable with his pace and his control. I think he's a very di- he's a very difficult one with Amari because um, we did give him the opportunity mm. to, to play the first team. You could see that he had the ability, um, but I think there was a lot of strong players ahead of him. 
Um, he, do you know what? He's a very, very nice guy as well. Yeah. Very lovely guy. I know that doesn't make a football player, but he has a lot of ability. He does. And obviously, I want to say, am I, am I right, Lee, that he came from, was it Arsenal? Did he come from Arsenal originally? Uh, I, think, I think he started out, he might have been in a youth setup of Arsenal or something like that, but I think he actually started out somewhere like Slough Town, actually. I think he dropped out before he Yeah, got to but, the, I, th- but I think he though. started off in He's Arsenal. He's a big Arsenal youth fan, team. I know that, definitely. I think, he, I think he started out in Arsenal youth team or something like that. But, um, yeah, it, it just didn't happen for Amari. Um, he, even when he started, he just looked a bit lacking in confidence. Maybe he's found his confidence level now. Uh, it's interesting as well, Lee, to be honest with you. You mentioned that obviously you guys like him and I'm really glad for him because he's he's genuinely such a lovely guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad it's working well for him. It, it was the best thing I think, for him last summer or last January to move back to us from Burton because he'd, he'd gone up and tried his hand playing in in league. That's he right. Just, yes. It just didn't quite work out. I think they tried to play him as a central striker a lot and he's not a central striker. He's very much a player who likes to play off the off the wing. And Absolutely. For us, he was brilliant Absolutely. when he came back and he's been unlucky this season because he's had a few injury issues but... He's now back round fit and he looked quite sharp actually when he came on the weekend. Well, well let's get on to the last one then. Let's talk about the one that's obviously the most controversial. We, we know who we're talking about, Lee, don't we? we know, we've Jordan, already had this conversation before we started recording. Yeah. Jordan Gibson obviously oh. did, did not work out at Bradford. Let's just say that. Um, are you guys surprised at how well he did for us since he's come in? I don't think so. I think that... Um... The problem with Jordan, and I hope you don't cut this, is that <laughs> his dad is obviously very, very much involved with uh, him. I think that it is a massive impact on him, and he likes to get involved far too much. Um, but no, no I, I, do you know what? The, the, there was, a, I think we signed it. I want to say we signed him from an Irish club. I'm sure we did. I'm sure oh, we did. Rangers. He went to an Irish club after he was actually at That's... Rangers. Funny enough, even though he's from Birmingham, he's, he's been. He was in Rangers youth so Yeah, I, 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 maybe that was the case. But um, Jordan was. Jordan was. Um, you could see he had ability, but yeah. we didn't see it at City. Um, and obviously, City fans being City fans, there was a lot <laughs> of abuse towards him and. His dad didn't like that, and uh, yeah, so that kind of escalated things. But no, no, I'm, I'm really good for Jordan. I, I think the problem for City fans was also where, obviously, last season where it was two nil and he scored and he was he milked at, it, shall yeah. we say? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, too fair, too fair. But I would say though that I don't think that we were genuinely um, dismissive towards Jordan. Mm. So that was quite frustrating for us, I think, that we you know, we, we, we did support him, a lot of fans liked him. Um but again, I think that his dad didn't help with stuff. I mean Andy talk to me if you want. Um <laughs> in fact no I should probably say that because he probably <laughs> will. Um but yeah I think that was the issue with, with Jordan. Right, well, I think we've, we've rambled off quite a bit, actually. It's been, it's been a really good chat, this, but uh, I don't want to keep you too long. So, uh, so we'll get on to the prediction shortly, but I, I suppose the hopes for the rest of the season, is it? it's going to be just trying to secure a playoff place? Because, I mean, it's very competitive in League 2 this season when you look at the, the table, the, the gap in points in the top half as well. I think for me, if I'm going to be realistic, I think the playoffs has to be the way. I don't, I don't, yeah. I just think we're just inconsistent. 
like I say, we mentioned about the Rochdale game where we lose 2-1 at home and we nil up. You don't expect that, certainly not against a team that are currently second bottom. Um, for me, I, I, like I say, I genuinely believe that the top three will be the top three. I know you mentioned about Stockport. Um, I still think that them three are difficult to catch. But yeah, I think for me, playoffs and hopefully we'll have a nice day in Wembley. <laughs> right. Well, uh, let, let's wrap it up then. Prediction for this weekend. Oh, God. Um, we always do you know do what this. I mean? a, lot, a lot of people don't like doing it, but we always do. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 2 0 City. Okay. Just don't come back to me, Lee, when you win 2 0 City. Hey, hey, to be fair, Patrick. they've not had many pods come on this season and say predict us to win. They've always gone for a draw or for a. A win, so uh, so there you go. Um, Chris, thanks for giving up your time and all the best for the rest of the season after this weekend. No worries, and uh, thank you very much. And all the best for Carlo Alto, honestly, honestly genuinely. Yeah, it's good to see you guys having a good season. Great stuff. Cheers, Chris. Okay, thanks once again to Chris for speaking to us about all things Bradford City. I mean, he, he, he's... Sounded a little bit despondent, don't you? It seems a bit like, well, you know, this weekend seems to think we're going to beat them. And um, yeah, I think he's hoping for a a top seven finish. But actually, when you look at the table, it's so tight at the top in League Two right now, isn't it? It, it, It's incredible. Like It was even tighter last weekend. Obviously, some of the results have spread things out a little bit more. But I'm just looking now. Down to 12th place Doncaster and up to us in fourth. There's only five points gap. If you want to make it tighter from ninth place Mansfield to us... Three point gap. It 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 can change every weekend right now, can't it? Yeah. There's a real chance, you know, if if Bradford beats, oh, yeah, they, they yeah, go ahead of us, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But for us, we look ahead and we think Northampton. We've got a game in hand on them. We're four points behind. If we beat Bradford this weekend and they happen to lose, suddenly top three place looks possible, doesn't it? It it, it opens things up really. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, there's a real opportunity for us to potentially. Um, do something there. And actually, I'm just looking at the table now, Dan, before we go on to talk about Bradford City. Um, 39 goals, four for us at the moment. Um, only one team scored more goals, and that's Northampton. One more goal than us so far. So, yeah, very very exciting at the top right now. Um, well, let's talk about this game then. Bradford City, Carlisle. Three o'clock kickoff at the Utility... Utility... God, how do you pronounce this? Utilia... Utilita? Energy Stadium? Utilita. Utility, Utility Energy Stadium, uh, aka Valley. Let's call it Valley Parade. That's what it is. Yes. Um, so yeah, referee for this one, Will Finney. Um, it's his fourth season as an EFL referee. Um, he's taken charge of twenty games so far this season, handing out six sick yellow cards and one red card. Last season, handed out eighty-three yellow cards and four red cards in thirty-six games. One of those red cards was to John Mellish in our two-one defeat at Exeter City. That was his last game as a referee. Uh, again, for, sorry, last Carl United game as a, a referee. Um, head-to-head wise, it's very, very tight now, isn't it? Mm. We've, we've got it back. So, 58th meeting for the two sides. United have drawn 21. Sorry, sorry, United have drawn 21? United have won 21. 14 have been a draw and the Bantams have won 22. So, winning this game, we go level. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about Bradford City themselves, Dan. Um, and their squad... <sighs> I think we said this, probably, didn't we? could probably do a separate episode on the ins and outs looking at the list, couldn't you? Ah, I mean, they had, they had a busy summer in terms of players coming in, but they've, well, they've had they, a busy they, January they've had a, big, they've had a big one today, haven't they? 
Well, indeed, he's not actually listed in the Jan Riles, but he's listed in the squad thing. I had time to put him in for that. Uh, Adam Clayton, former Blues midfielder, has joined. Uh, I think they've basically taken over his contract, which I think yeah. ran until the end of the season. So basically just a, a short-term contract till till the summer. Interesting one, that one, because when, when he signed for, him, for them, we thought, well, that's a decent sign for Doncaster. But then I saw him play against us in October and I wasn't sold on him as a player anymore. He looked like the game was catching him up, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm just look. I'm just looking at this squad. They've got a fair-sized squad now, haven't they? I think it's 31 players in there, I think. Yeah. There's a few young players in there we should add, basically. That are just, yeah, you know, and I think there will play. be a, a couple head outwards. Yeah. You know, there's... there's the the annual January Andy Cook to Wrexham rumor is doing the rounds at <laughs> Getting the pace, isn't it? And, it, and yeah. it, it should be noted actually as well that they've um, also there. I think there's a couple of players who've come back from loan spells who might be going out again on loan spells. Possibly, I think Finn yeah, Cousin Dawson's one of them. They've had a lot of loads, haven't they? I'm just looking. I think they actually had six in in the summer. Yeah, and then they've got another three in this January. Yeah, it should be said actually in terms of loans. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Kean Harrett has gone back to Huddersfield Town. I think his loan was actually ended before January. He was the one who got fined for hair coursing. I don't know if you remember that story that emerged, I think, in about November time. So he basically, I think, he got fined by Huddersfield and sent back from his loan at Bradford uh, for being a naughty boy, basically. Terry Wright is one they signed on loan in the summer from Aston Villa. and did quite well and actually probably look one of their better players on Boxing Day. He's been recalled by Villa so they can send him out on loan to Plymouth till the end of the season. Which is the risk, I suppose, of a player doing well, isn't it? You know, We've seen it with Jack Stretton. You know, we might say he didn't do that well, but Stockport have been impressive enough to sign him permanently. So that, that, that's always a risk with a loan player, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's been quite a few who have uh, come back from one and gone to another this yeah. uh, January. Very common. One name that interesting stands out as well, and you already mentioned Adam Clayton already, but in terms of January arrivals, Matt Derbyshire coming in. Obviously, someone Hughes knows very well from his time at Blackburn Rovers. Um, probably the probably the one the club that everyone remembers him for for his successful spell, isn't it? Really, but actually, he's done the round since then, hasn't he? Just a bit. I mean, he's getting on. He's I think he's thirty seven towards the end of the season. I'm just looking uh, up. His... But he's... He's, he's, he's been abroad a lot, and obviously he had his famous spell at Olympiacos early on. Yeah. But then, then after, I think it was Rotherham, he went to Cyprus, uh, Australia, back to Cyprus. Uh, I, uh, India, wasn't it? I think we went to the United. Indian Super League, North yeah. East United, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it, he's, he's, it's his first spell back in England in... I think what six, seven years. So, yeah, well, since Rotherham, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's. I mean, he had a decent record at the the Cypriot club he was at, and similar <coughs> with the, the Australian club as well. But actually, a lot of the clubs he's been at, he's, he's done well in loan spells and stuff. But he's not that prolific of a scorer at some clubs, is he? So, how he'll adapt, I don't know. He's not. I don't think he made his debut. I'm just, the stats there suggest not. But I mean, I'm looking at the last game. Um, was he involved? No, he wasn't involved in the last game at AFC Wimbledon. So I'm guessing he's probably building up his fitness at the moment. So whether he'll be involved at the weekend, I don't know. Um, one of their big signings of some actually, one of the ones that stood out was Jamie Walker because he was on loan from Hearth second half of last season, wasn't he? And he actually he scored against us on the final day of the season and was yeah, looked yeah. a good player. Signed him permanently. 
not been able to make the same impact. I think he's been hampered a bit by injuries, hasn't he? And made his comeback at the weekend, I think, possibly. I don't know if he was... He might have played a couple of games before that, but he got sent off after an hour, so he won't feature this weekend against us, will he? So... Shame. Yeah, it, it is a shame, it, I suppose, for us. But, um, but yeah, it, it's kind of... Um, there's quality in there, isn't there? I mean, just, just looking at the squad, there is definite quality in there, but the, trying to get it all to, to link seems to be the problem, doesn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, just, I think they've got the ingredients... They just haven't got the mixture right, have they? I think they've needed an extra midfielder with a bit of quality in there, possibly. And that's yeah. maybe where they're looking at Clayton, thinking he can be the one who yeah. can help I mean, Smallwood you, 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 you and look, Gilead. You look at the... You know, I was just going to say, besides Smallwood and Gilead, that's a bloody experienced central area. Yeah, definitely. There's potential there for them to be to be really good. Um, yeah, in terms of overall form, they're 15th from the last six games form table. Their record's lost, lost, one, one lost drawn so I think the second of those losses was the one against us so they actually followed up the Boxing Day defeat with a couple of good wins and they beat Harrogate and yeah, someone else yeah. uh, but since then the, the, the defeat against Rochelle is the one that stands out recently isn't it because they were 1-0 up in that game yeah that was a midweek game wasn't it and they threw it away because they could have gone ahead of us in the table and they threw it away in the second half and at the weekend they drew 0-0 with Wimbledon which is not no shame really because Wimbledon are a, a team in form aren't they but yeah, Wimbledon are actually the form team, I think. Yeah, I don't know if they're top of the form table. I'll just quickly yeah, check they're, they're that. Yeah, they're right up there. They're, um, well, in fact, they, they must have dropped off a little bit since then, actually. Yeah, I was going to say the last couple of games, but they were on a, quite a good run up to, yeah. towards Christmas. I think they, they lost a the game against Sutton, and I think they've drawn two since then, so it's, yeah. their form has dropped off a slight bit, but they were in form prior to that. But yeah, so... It, 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 feelings on this one? It, it, would you take a draw now? I would probably take a draw, but based on what I saw Boxing Day, I think it's there to be won. Yeah, I, I feel like that. whether Clayton can set, settle in nice and quickly, I mean, the fact that he's been playing for Doncaster probably is a big help to be fair, that's it, right, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So maybe, um, maybe he can slot in straight away and make an impact for them, but... Defensively, I, I didn't think they were that strong. I think I think there's a chance to really get at them possibly. And Cook seems to have been dropped. Well, I don't know if he's been dropped since the Boxing Day game. He doesn't just, seem to have played I, as much. I, I think Hughes just doesn't fancy him. That that seemed to be the the vibe. I had a bit of a look around a few Bradford tweeters and that last week, and you know there was discussions: do we sell him? And they're like, "Well, is that a top scorer? You're crazy." And they're like, "But they were saying, you know, Hughes just doesn't seem mm-hmm. to fancy him." You know, he's got yeah. Derbyshire in, he's got Oliver there, he's got the Lordies. Yeah. It's a strange one for them. Be an odd one, wouldn't it? Selling the, what, the third top scorer in the division in January. But stranger things have happened, haven't they? So um, so there you go. Um, okay, Dan, let's get into it then. Um, predictions for this one. What are we going for? I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Uh, I'm going to go for Christian Dennis, obviously. Mm. And why not? Joe Garner off the bench, 88th minute, a thousand plus blues, going wild, singing his song. Yeah, 2 1. So annoyed because you've just stolen my prediction. I can't go for the same because <laughs> that's, just, that's just not right, is it? I'll do Mike's first and then I'll, uh, I'll have a think about what I'm going to change mine to now. So this week I am going for a 2 1 win with Kamani Gordon back in a brace. Ooh, yeah. he's going for a Gordon double, isn't he? Okay, there you go. Right, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win as well. 
but I'm going to go for Christian Dennis and the winning goal. Oh, I'm stuck between Gibson and Patrick. I just fancy a bit of shit housing. Gibson would be interested, wouldn't it? I'm going to go Patrick. Gibson will set it up with a cross from the right and he'll come in at the far post and smash it in. There you go. So, Amari Patrick. So, there you go. We're all going for two ones. We're going for different goal scorers each, though, aren't we? So, um, I think both, both me and you are going for Dennis, so we're keeping our safe uh, extra point. I should say, points-wise, uh, nothing's changed. We all gained a point each, basically, the weekend for predicting um, uh, Dennis to score. Unsurprisingly, none of us predicted Gordon to score because, well, he hadn't signed at that point. But um, it's worth noting that I did change my mind from a 2-0 to a 3-0, didn't I? So I messed up a chance to go ahead at the top of the table. So uh, solves all that one, isn't it? Right, let's get into it. Hartlepool United pre- uh, preview then, Dan. Um Yep, referee for this one, Sam Barrett from West Yorkshire. It is third season as an EFL referee, and he's taken charge of 15 games so far this season, handing out 45 yellows and two red cards. Last season, he handed out 144 yellow cards, <laughs> but only three red cards in 37 games. So he's not too card happy in terms I, of the I was big just one. thinking the lad at Bradford's quite lenient on his figures. This this fellow's the other end of the scale, yeah, isn't absolutely. he? Absolutely, total opposite, isn't he? Um, uh, last season, uh, last United game he took charge of was the 2-1 defeat to Shrewsbury Town in the FA Cup last season. Probably better remembered for a few things. Probably the pitch invasions that happened from the Warwick Road and from some of the kids. And there was a uh, protest, wasn't it? Was it a tennis ball protest? I seem yeah, to remember. it was about six of them, wasn't there? Six, yeah. It was a bit pr- pretty perfect. There was a banner in the, in, the, in the paddock there, which was confiscated, wasn't it? And... Uh, our friend uh, Johnny fell through the, his seat in the uh, B stand, didn't he? In that game, remember that? <laughs> yeah. Is that seat still broken, or has it uh, been fixed? Uh, I think it's been fixed. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, he tried to sit down in his seat, and it just collapsed below. It him. just collapsed on him, didn't it? <laughs> it's amazing. So there you go. Um, interestingly, fourth official for this one is Andy Haynes. He's normally a, an actual referee, isn't he? So it's a bit surprised to see him as a, a fourth official for this one. Head to head record: it's the hundred ninth meeting between the two sides. We still haven't worked out. Which team we've played the most, have we? I think we need to get need to get our good friend Jeff on that, don't we? I think he's he's likely to know uh, he's got other things. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have a look when I'm going to play in a minute. Yeah, so 109th meeting between the two sides, and United are well ahead in the head to heads. We've won 51, 20 have been a draw, and Pools have won 37. Um, right, Hartlepool United in terms of the squad, Dan. I mean, they've had a busy summer as well, didn't they? Wasn't a very successful one, though, fair to say. Um, Certainly didn't they help went, Paul they Hartley. Had a Scottish did it. experiment, didn't they? It did not work. Paul Hartley came in as manager. He'd done fairly well as a manager in Scotland, hadn't he? With Cove Rangers, but Cove Rangers are very well backed, aren't they? Yeah. So, not really a massive surprise that he had success with them. Uh, the result was the players who came in just didn't make the impact, did they? I think it's fair to say. And um, and yeah, they, they've basically they've they've um, pressed the older uh, Keith Curl. Bat button, haven't they? Basically, um, to bring him in to try and rescue them from trouble. Not quite having the impact so far, though, is he? No. You don't sound too disappointed about that, do you? <laughs> yeah, well, one entirely full, two to keep going. Yeah, but they, I mean, they're, they're in real danger, aren't they? Of going back to the national league after two seasons, aren't they? Yeah. The. He's going to have to perform a miracle to keep them up, isn't he? The big problem they've got is when you look at the bottom, Gillingham and Colchester are splashing the cash 
I mean, Gilligan, you understand there's been a takeover. The guys come in and they need goals. And, you know, actually the last game Hartlepool played, I should say, was a 2-0 defeat at Gillingham. I mean, a massive result for Gillingham, that, because it, it shortens the gap to two points between them and Hartlepool at the bottom. And they've got a game in hand on Hartlepool. So Hartlepool could could be bottom fairly soon. Um, And, yeah, they've been able to bring in Nichols. They brought, who else they brought in? I can't remember. There was another player they brought in fairly recently. Hawkins, I think it is, from um, from Mansfield. There's, there's definitely another player I think, seems to remember they brought in recently. He, he sort of opened up people's eyes and go, wow, didn't see that one coming. Um, Hartlepool haven't got that money to spend, have they? <laughs> Shock horror. Um, Colchester brought like Dieng and Matt Jay from um, Exeter City in. I mean, two brilliant signings, them. Um, I mean, joking apart, Purely from a geographical point of view, you want Hartlepool to stay in the league because yeah. they're a northern team. It's an easier way there. Uh, yeah, they try and charge us for broken seats every year, but yeah, you know. But you know, I mean, York have gone, Darlington have gone. It would be a shame to lose Hartlepool. I mean, we're going to hopefully be in League One anyway, but yeah. you know, it's you know proper teams as we yeah. call them. Yeah, I should say Timothy Dieng actually signed for Culture uh, for Gilliam, not Colchester. So apologies for that, but yeah, Colchester have signed a few good players in in January as well. And Rochdale have got a, a player in Ian Henderson who's going to get them goals. You know, he's, he's found his form again with them, and he he can be a real talisman for them. They might not have the money to bring players in, but having an experienced lad like him up front helps. When I look through this Hartlepool squad, there's nothing in there that really terrifies. I mean, Chris McGuire is a good player, but it, you know he's had his issues off the field, hasn't he? And doesn't seem to have hit the ground running there at all. Um, Jack Hamilton was well, a great player for our Arbroath last season, wasn't he? But again, he's not had the impact in League Two that they would have hoped. The, the lad up front, Umara, I mean, he's got eight yeah. goals in 23, which is a decent return considering their position. Yeah. it's not. I mean, that, that's more than Gillingham had scored all season until this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that Gillingham scored two in a game, league game for the first time this season against Hartlepool, which that should... So I know they've had players brought in and improvement, and Tom Nichols is one of the scorers, but that should worry Hartlepool that that happened, to be honest. Um, Matty Dolan's a good signing, though, isn't he? From We mentioned this last week. He's yes. From Newport. Yeah. He gives a bit of experience and steel to that midfield, and he's a local lad, so he probably well, gets you, you can see why Peter Hart has been signed as well, can't you? Yeah, exactly. He adds a bit of experience there at the back as well. Yeah. He, he's a bit of nouse too, but I mean... Goalkeeper-wise, they don't have much quality either. I mean, that that Carl Leveron, he's, he's a big lad, isn't he? He was the big Scottish lad who was at Morecambe, I think, last season. Ben Killip. It seems every week I watch the you know the EFL highlights on ITV, he seems to be making a cock-up most weeks, doesn't he? I mean, I don't know if he's still sticking with him. I mean, I'm just looking at the last game. Um, yeah, he started the last game as well. So, I mean, he's one to target potentially, isn't he, I think? Yes. Um yeah, in terms of January arrivals, we mentioned Dolan, you mentioned Hartley. The, only, the other two, there's a lad from Brentford's B team and a lad from Middlesbrough. And I know Curl liked to play for Middlesbrough when he was with us, didn't he? And he had a bit of success yeah. in that area. But yeah, he's it, obviously uh, rang up his old pal at Brentford for the, for the other player, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's coming on a, a permanent him rather than a loan, hasn't he? But yeah, it, it, it's not looking great for Hartlepool, I think it's fair to say. And I mean, surely when you look at these games coming up, Obviously, Bradford this weekend, a game near to us, a draw from that would be great, but we want to win. But the two that follow that, this game against Hartlepool and against Rochdale, we've got to be targeting six points, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. 100%. You've got, you've got to look to really get at them early in this game and, and, and 
batter them almost, don't you? That, that's the way to well, look at we, it. We, we've got, looking slightly broader, we've got five games in 15 days. Yeah. And the three home games are all winnable. Yeah. And if we can pick up points on the road, that'll be a, a very good couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, even that, I mean, you look at the, yeah, the, the home games. In fact, if you, yeah, if you look at the three home games, it's what? Is it it's Hartlepool, Barrow and Harrogate? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Barrow's going to be a bit tougher, you'd imagine, than the other two. But yeah, you, you, you can get them. And like I said, the, Roch, the Rochdale game as well, definitely one. We're going to have a big following there as well. It'd be really good to get a good result there. Um, Hartlepool's form. Um, they're 16th in the last six games form table. They're only one place below Bradford, it should be said. Um, their record is uh, loss 1-1, loss drawn, loss. So they've not won in the last three, but they did have two wins in a row before that. Um, I should say that first loss was a 5-0 defeated Stockport as well, so that that was a bit of a hammering, so they they bounced back well from that. Um, no former Blues in their squad, though. That's quite a surprise. You don't see that very often, do you? There's no, usually one or two links. I don't know if there's any in our squad, is there? Off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone who's in our squad who's played for Hartlepool. No. I don't think there is. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, right, well, uh, let's do our predictions for this one then, Dan. Um, what are you thinking? I'm gonna go for a solid three 0 win. Ooh, are you gonna go for goal scorers? Dennis, Moxon, free kick, and Gordon. Dennis is just gonna score in every game for you this season. Yeah. <laughs> he just he's your go to, isn't he? Um, yeah. Right, what am I gonna go for? I'm gonna be even more confident. I'm going five nil. Five nil win. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Joe Garner to get one. Uh, Dennis to get one, Gibson, um, Gordon, and uh, Big Morgan Feeney to score one. For, no, no, Morgan Feeney, John Mellish, because he's from that, that end of the woods, isn't he? Up, he's northeast lad, so he'll enjoy that. So yeah, I'm going to go for John Mellish to score. Right, uh, let me just dig out Mike's prediction for this game. Okay, so this is what Mike had to say. And for Hartlepool, I'll go for a three-nil win with. Huntington, Garner, and I'll go for Dennis as well. I should say, Mike has sent that one in while we're recording. <laughs> so <laughs> he didn't have the chance to mention Garner in the first one because he sent it in well in advance. So he didn't realise that he needed the Hartlepool one as well. So he sent me that one. So he's been able to get Garner in. So there you go. So yeah, fairly similar predictions all round, really, isn't it, this week? So um, I've gone a bit more bold against Hartlepool, but uh, like, you would certainly enjoy rubbing it in uh, Keith's face, wouldn't you, with a 5 0 win? So. Uh, so there you go. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose I probably should have said before we do those bits, in terms of team selection for these games, I mean, surely this weekend you stick with what you've done and maybe just bring Garner onto the bench? Yeah, I think that's the uh, the obvious ploy. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll both stick with that. And like I said, you can always mix it up against Hartlepool. Obviously, we've got quite yeah. a few games coming up. Like I said, those five games in 15 days, you're probably going to have to change things slightly in those games so so there you go uh right XL section down what are we going with what we've we got this week yeah not not too busy at the weekend mm. in terms of goals uh Naki wells scored for bristol city in a 4-2 win over birmingham bristol city have uh picked up a little bit recently speaking of mm. which uh former blue george tanner getting a good run in the team at right wing back at the moment that's good to see yeah, uh, Connor Townsend, there's one we haven't had for a while, scored for West Brom in a 3-2 win at Luton. They were 2-0 down quite early in this game, West Brom, and uh, yeah. dragged it back to 3-2. Mm. Uh, 
Good, good uh, Calvin Mellor scored the long-range effort for Crew in the one-all draw at Mansfield. That's have a good you, result for them. Have you seen this goal, Dan? No, but I've heard about it. So he hits it from long range, and when you watch it on the thing, you think, wow, it moves loads, and the keeper gets completely caught out. It does move a bit, but when you watch it from the view from behind the goal, one of their fans had filmed, what the keeper is doing, I he sells himself so early on it, and it moves slightly, but if he'd, if he'd stood his ground a bit longer, he'd have comfortably saved it. He pretty much dives out of the way of it. it, it it's terrible goalkeeping anyway, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, Jack Sowerby scored in Northampton's 2-0 defeat mm. at Stockport. That sounds strange, you say. Yes, that's because it was an own goal, unfortunately, <laughs> for Jack. Uh, here's a good one. Sean McGinty scored for Air United in their 2 all draw at home to Arbroath. Got a couple Not more mentions for Air coming up, haven't we? Yeah. And uh, Dave Simonton scored for Workington in their 2-1 win at Trafford. Uh, Tom Furs. Oh, we've got some wonderful ones this week. Yeah. Uh, Owen Windsor, who I briefly mentioned earlier, is uh, seemingly set to sign for Chippenham Town, having been without a club since leaving West Brom in the summer. It just shows how quickly it can go downwards for some of these young lads, you know. Yeah. But did he uh, not start but, out at Chippenham, or was it somewhere, someone similar to that, I think? I, sure. Rings a bell, possibly. Dundalk in Ireland have already signed Connor Malley on a free transfer. Yeah. And uh, debating a move for Cameron Salkeld from Air United. Yeah, I think he's left Air uh, uh, United, actually. I thought he'd, he, he'd, he was still there, but I think he left uh, yeah. quite recently. Speak, speaking of Air United, Brad Young's loan from Villa has uh, ended early. Again, another example of a young player who's just not He, he is a great one. Uh, Merseyside side Marine have signed Craig Cullen on loan until the end of the season from League of Wales team Airbus UK. Those wondering, Airbus UK is based fairly close to Chester, just yeah, over the Welsh border. It's literally on the border, isn't it? it? It's, it's in a uh, town called Broughton. It's basically where Airbus's main factory is. So, yeah. if if you happen to live down where I, um, you occasionally see it's a big. Um, it's, it's shaped like a, a whale's head. It's this plane that brings in, takes all the parts from I think from there over to France to be built into the actual plane or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Really interesting, but yeah. So that's where he's playing at the moment. Yep. And Craig Cullen is only 33. Isn't that mad? It's astonishing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I bet he still fit as a fiddle as well. Because he, oh, yeah, when he yeah. was at Carlisle, he, he was the fittest player. He was just ridiculous. His body fat was non existent. His, his levels were off the scale by all. Yeah, uh, they definitely were. I was working at the time. <laughs> and uh, he, he is a good one to finish off. USA side Auckland Roots, who are a second tier, have mm. signed Kevin Wright, who was in Sweden and Greece. There was an interesting one, wasn't it? What, two games yeah, he played under Curl? Lively agent. His agent was on the message board telling how brilliant he was in a behind-closed-doors reserve game against Oldham yeah. Athletic. And I don't think he quite realised that we'd all seen it before. Did he? I think yeah. he was just a bit a bit too excitable, I think, in terms of that. But there you go. Well, that's it then, Dan. All wrapped up. I'm glad we waited to, to see whether Garner had signed, and it turns out he had. So, uh, fantastic news. Hopefully... A good fourth debut for him this weekend against Bradford. That's what we're really hoping for, isn't it? Um, in terms of upcoming stuff, we'll do another double header. I think next week for the uh, uh, games against Rochelle and Barrow. So we'll be back for those. <coughs> um, we're also potentially going to be recording a special episode early in February, aren't we? You've had an idea for one that you really want to do, so we're going to look to do that. Yeah, I think yeah. we want the January transfer window to close first. That's not a little hint, basically, but you know it is a little bit of a possibilities of what it might be about so you'll have to wait and see um yeah, so yeah thanks once again to london branch sponsoring us uh 
thanks once again everyone for listening and most importantly of all up the blues up the blues Did I funk you there, Dan? I don't know. I don't think I did. Apologies. If you've listened this far, thanks as well, Dan, for joining me.